Welcome to Shorts with Jill and Tara, a bite-sized podcast that blends business and fashion to bring you practical tips and strategies in a shorter format than a typical podcast. I'm Jill, and I've spent my career advising, starting, and running businesses. I'm Tara, a family therapist turned fashion stylist and a digital creator. Hi, Tara. Good morning, Jill. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm actually sitting in my kitchen today. This is my recording studio today. And I'm staring at a bag of um, <laughs> slowly defrosting chicken breasts. <laughs> I, <laughs> I need some inspiration. I don't know if you're having chicken for dinner, but what are you having for dinner? What are you yeah, having? We, chicken for dinner. My kids are like, oh, chicken for dinner again. I'm like, all right, you come up with some recipes. But actually, I'm so happy that the weather is turning because there's this salad that I make. It's tomato, avocado, and a little bit of like fiery pepper um, with tomatoes. And my kids absolutely love it. It is so delicious. It's from Barefoot Contessa. And I'll send you the recipe. We can put it on for you guys. But I just make a huge batch of it and we have it for dinner and then the kids can take it for lunch. And then when they come home, they snack on it. It's really yummy. That sounds really good. What's the dressing? The dressing is lemon juice and um, I forget. It's really, it's heavy in the lemon juice. I don't really think there's that much else except I haven't made it in a while, but it's very fresh. And you know, the other thing about the lemon juice is it keeps the avocado. So it doesn't Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a that is true. So you're telling me your kids come home from school and serve themselves a bowl of salad? Are you kidding me? Wait, you don't understand. My kids are I have to say, they're the most amazing eaters. But if we haven't had salad in like a night, they'll be like, "Um, I need a salad. I'd like some greens. I I feel like we need a salad." My son went out to lunch with his friends and the mom's like, "He ordered a salad." <laughs> that is so funny my kids um still come home and have goldfish (laughs) (laughs) or other other items like that but definitely no salads (laughs) there's no salad snacking in our household my kids really love oysters and I can't even put an oyster in my mouth. And they love to go out for oysters, which I think is hysterical. Who that's eats so oysters? funny? Very funny. Interesting. Well, today I think we're gonna talk a little bit about um partnering in business. We spoke about um hiring our first employee last last episode and uh today I think we're gonna talk about the do's and don'ts and when and why and whatever around finding a partner for your business. Right. So I don't have a partner in business. I, um, because obviously mine's a very, you know, one person show here. Although I do, like we talked about before, have other people that work with me, but, um, but Jill, you have the experience of having a partner. So tell us like the do's and the don'ts, the good and the bad. Yeah, so I have had a few partners. I one of my partners, Laura Bronner, is like my work wife even though we haven't worked together for a few years now, but she was somebody who I worked with at Minilux and then we founded Gloss 48 together and we've done a bunch of other things together and um she is like my dream partner because 
for the following reasons. And this, this is important. So she is very different from me. So she is the person who's going to sing with the wedding band. She is incredibly outgoing, incredibly social, like all the things that I'm not. Um, and, but there are things w- that are, are in common with us. So she's very organized like I am. She's very like list driven like I am, deadline driven, very motivated, very strong work ethic. So we have those characteristics in common. But the things that I think the th- what made us so successful as partners is that we did have this kind of set of skills that were not overlapping. So when we would go on business meetings together or investor pitches, it was a great combination because, you know, I would sort of take one part of the meeting and she would take another part of the meeting and it just worked out really well. And um, in terms of running the business, she would have great ideas in areas that I had no clue about and say, and vice versa. So it was, it was a match made in heaven. (laughs) And uh, it's a very hard thing. It's a very hard thing to find. And I think the reason we were able to be successful partners is because we had worked together at Mini Lux, and so we knew each other's style. Um, and then when it came to starting our own company, we we it was like just doing it with your best friend. It was it was awesome. That's really great. I, how did you meet? Well, I hired her. Um, it was really interesting. I hired her for Mini Lux. So at Mini Lux, we were looking to expand the team and hire somebody in operations and someone I, I was I was networking to try to find this person and there aren't that many people who are have had senior positions in a nail salon chain and uh, she she came highly highly um, recommended by someone I knew and we talked and I remember I was driving on 93 as we were talking and I remember thinking to myself, this is this person's like a like a clone of me, but she's actually had experience in the nail salon business, and we just had the best conversation. She moved; she was in Chicago, and she moved to Boston to take the job, and then she met her husband here, and um, and has stayed. And uh, it we just we just sort of hit it off. So yeah, she was one of my first employees at Minilux. That's that is amazing. I my husband has a great partner. They have been, you know, I think. 20 something years they've been running their company. Wow. And they met at a previous company a long time ago. But it's a similar situation where one of them is good at one part of the business and one is good at the other. And they both know their lane and um, appreciate that about each other. And I think that's kind of what you're saying is like, it's really good that way, because everybody has their role. Yeah. And you know, I when I talk to startups, a lot of times they'll be very anxious about finding a co-founder. So if it's a single founder, they're probably getting feedback from investors that we want to see two people, which can which can be great. But I, I think there's oftentimes too much emphasis placed on it by the investing community. Um, I understand why they want it. But as a result, you know, these startup founders are really anxious about finding a co-founder and they spend a lot of time like hunting on websites on these co-founder websites and angel lists and everywhere else. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is such an important decision. Like you, cause you're likely giving away half the company and it is, it is someone you are going to be with for a long time and you have to be so sure. So I would much rather see somebody 
focus on getting the business up and running, get the work done and network for that co-founder, but be really patient and be really, really picky because it is, I mean, 27 years, it is, it is a very, very important decision. And um, I would not just go find a co-founder to check a box because some VC is telling you that you need to. And I think not to be negative, but like anything, you have to also consider if things don't work out. So when you are, and you, I don't know, you could speak better than me because I have never had a partner, but I think you probably need to think about these things. Like if it weren't going to work out, is this person, how is this going to impact us? But also how is it going to impact the relationship and the business? Yes. And I did have that situation as well. I did have um, a co-founder and it didn't work out and it was incredibly painful and difficult. Uh, This co-founder provided a lot of value, but then the business got to a point where they weren't the right person for the role. And it was really hard, really, really hard. Um, But, uh, you know, it is, it is a, it, it, is a great thing to have somebody else who you can commiserate with and you can share the ups and the downs with and celebrate with. And, you know, I remember very fondly being with Laura in in New York, doing investor meetings all day, going back to Penn Station. She would purchase some Taco Bell because she loves Taco Bell. And we just like sit on the train and like kind of you know, pull ourselves back together from the full day of meetings. Um, and it was, it was, they were difficult times, but it was really fun. And I'm so glad that I had her as my co-founder, but also you have to think about your own personal style there for some people, they're better off on their own. They're better off being the one in charge and not having somebody else to, you know, to check them. And that maybe that's better depends on your management style and your objectives. Right. And maybe you might have the type of business that you don't need that. You maybe don't need a partner. But why do investors like a partner? Because it's more secure or? Yeah, I think they like to see um, it's it's more it's in case something happens to one of the partners, obviously. Um, But it's also I think they like to see that you can collaborate with somebody and that um, you have, you know, double the strength at the top. Um, and oftentimes those partners do have complementary, but you know, different skills and that's also important. Um, so yeah, they like to see, they like to see two part, two, uh, co-founders usually not all the time, but, and, and I don't think you would necessarily not get the money because of it, but it's probably one of their screening criteria. Right. Well, this is all very helpful and interesting. I didn't know a lot of this. <laughs> so thank you, Jill. Thank you for the information. Always happy to share my wisdom. <laughs> well, if you guys have any more questions for me or Jill, let us know and um, we will talk to you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We would love to answer any of your questions on future episodes of Shorts. Bermuda shorts, jean shorts, short shorts, boy shorts, tennis shorts, cargo shorts, beaded shorts, running shorts, board shorts.